0: Um, I'm Morgan Flores and I play for the UW softball team and this is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. <clears throat> oh boy. Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Charles Hamaker for the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is the 89th episode of the podcast here. Um, uh, it is just me today. This is a complete 180 of what happened last week when my voice was out. And I literally couldn't speak to record the show. Um, big props to omari and bennett on filling in and i appreciate that um but i say 180 because uh, omari and bennett are not able to join me uh tonight on this late monday night that we were that i'm doing this um so it's just me this week um but that doesn't mean that there's any lack of news whatsoever um obviously if you have been following things uh, on your own um, you know, that Monday night um, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm starting this at uh 1230 um, actually in the, in the very wee hours of the morning of Tuesday, uh, the 27th of July here. Um, but the Mariners have just come off of a few hours ago. The Mariners, uh, no, not even a few hours, about maybe an hour ago, maybe two. Um, came back an incredible seven run comeback. Um, to beat the Astros in the first game of the series in a in a homestand that's gigantic um, leading up to the trade down line, as well as, you know, the direction of this team going forward uh, for the second half of the season. Um, I, I, uh, I had to take a minute, you know, as I, as I set up my, my microphone here and I got my notes ready. Uh, I'd, I'll just say this. Um, there's, there is something very different about this ball club right now. Um, The Seattle Mariners, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very rewarding. I know, I know that we're a long ways out, you know, we've we've still got a good majority of the second half to play. Um, But moments like tonight, you know, when the crowd's good, it's a Monday and, uh, as somebody who knows the attendance pretty well for a certain reason, if you know me, you know why I know the attendance. Um, Monday is usually not that big of a crowd. Um, crowd was, you know, crowd got into it, obviously not through the whole game considering that we were down seven to nothing. Um, crowd was electric. Crowd has been electric for weeks now. You know, I was at the game, I've, you know, I've been there uh, just about every home game you know, and the, the crowds have been incredible the last few months. Um, so you you pin that, you pin the crowds together and you had obviously the players being really into it and the players, they back each other up, you know, they support each other. They want each other to succeed. They don't, you know, there's no, um, there's no individuals on this team. they are guys that work to become a team, you know, they work as a team um, and they're resilient. They're resilient as hell. Um, it's, it's, it's really exciting. And just to think about the guys that are on the horizon guys that are making the turn guys that have that potential in them that just needs to be realized or guys who are realizing that potential it's, it's, it's fucking beautiful. And as somebody who is one of the people who's been, you know, had to see these people, these fake fans, these fake Mariner fans who, Oh, just, just the pessimistic attitude, I, for first of all, I can never do that. You know, it's just not how my brain works. And secondly, you know, um, and again, like I said, obviously this, has, this, this last win on the 26th of July isn't a, a playoff clinching win, but it it it's, it's moments like these that make it, you know, really rewarding to have supported this team and to be a believer and to see the guys, you know, like a guy like Dylan Moore, who hit the slam grand slam tonight? Guys like Shedlong, you know, uh guy who's been around for years, and Kyle Seeger hitting a homer to really put the game back into reach. Guy like Cal Raleigh hitting a three run a three RBI double to get the Mariners on the board. Um it's 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 special. And um, we have a lot to go over this week, so I gotta get into it, but Um, I just you know as soon as I got home I put my stuff down and I uh, I wept a little bit it's it's pretty incredible stuff Um, and obviously you know like I said have multiple times now I gotta continue to really uh, hammer home not hammer home continue to build on this and continue to stay you know full steam ahead and kick these astros asses you know um, but it's it's special. So what we're going to do, uh, what I'm planning to do this week and um, hopefully in future weeks is instead of going by the normal skeleton that we have of Seahawks, uh, Mariners, uh, Sounders, um, I believe it's Storm, Kraken, Rain, uh, Sonics, Dragons, uh, UW, uh, we're going to go by the team that featured the most news or the most prominent news first, and then just go by order there uh, just so that we're, um, I guess, making it more fair. Um, So um, on the heels of that, I know that we just got into it. I just talked about the Mariners, but it was a giant, enormous week um, for our Kraken here. So we'll start off. um, Where am I? Oh, sorry. I'm trying to remember what I'm doing. Kraken, um, there was the expansion draft itself. There was the schedule release and there was the draft as well as a few deals. So um, let's just get into it. So team news, a pre-draft rumor. So July 21st, the draft itself leaked the morning of, um, and there were reports that the team would not select Carey Price or Vladimir Tarasenko um this pre-draft leak the morning of i woke up and i saw the i saw the notification saying that there was a leak i was like oh boy um i did i did peek at it uh shortly before and uh after putting in all the picks in my notes here it was it was all accurate so uh that was interesting um but to recap the expansion draft i've got picks in order um the names of the players, the position, their age, their former team, and the number that they wore. So let's get into it first. got a lot to go through here. Uh, The first pick uh, was Jeremy Lazen. And also, I'm going to mispronounce a bunch of these guys' names. But luckily, we've got some time between now and October so I can learn their names so I don't screw up by then. Jeremy Lazen, he was a defenseman. He's 24 years old from the Boston Bruins. He wore number 55 with Boston. The second pick was Will Borgen a defenseman who's 24 years old. He played formerly with the Buffalo Sabres and wore number 33 with the Sabres. The third pick was Dennis Cholosky, a defenseman, 23 years old from the Detroit Red Wings. And he wore number 21 with Detroit. The fourth pick, somebody that had been talked about for the Kraken uh, leading up to the expansion draft, Chris Triger, a goaltender, uh, 27 years old. It's going to mess with me that in hockey, they call them goaltenders, not goalkeepers. Regardless, uh, he was the pick from the Florida Panthers and wore number 60. He signed a three-year, 3.5 million AAV deal on July 24th with the club. Um, the fifth pick was Kale Fleury, defenseman, 22 years old, Montreal Canadiens, wore number 20. Remember the name Fleury for me. Keep that in the back of your mind for later in the show here. Sixth pick was Joey Dackard, a goaltender who was 24 years old from the Ottawa Senators, who wore number 34 with Ottawa. The seventh pick was Yanni Gord, center, 29 years old, from the reigning champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who wore number 37. The eighth pick was Jared McCann, a left wing who's 25 years old, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's funny, he had just been traded from Pittsburgh to Toronto, uh, and we ended up trading uh, picking him in the expansion draft here. Uh, and He wore number 19 in his time there. The ninth pick was Morgan Geeky. He's a center who is 23 years old and formerly played with the Carolina Hurricanes, wearing number 67. 10th pick was Gavin Beiruther. He's a defenseman who's 27 years old and formerly played with the Dallas Stars and wore number 44. The 11th pick was Nathan Bastion, a right wing who's 23 years old, formerly playing with the New Jersey Devils wearing number 14 with the Jevils, the Devils, not the Jevils. Um, the 12th pick was Jordan Eberle, a right wing who's 31 years old uh, from the New York Islanders wore number seven. The 13th pick was Colin Blackwell, a center, who's 28 years old, formerly of the New York Rangers, wearing number 43 with the Rangers there. The 14th pick was Carson Twarinski, a 23-year-old left wing from the Florida Florida, Philadelphia Flyers, wearing number 81. 15th pick was Brendan Tanev, left wing, 29 years old, wearing number 13 with the Pittsburgh Penguins in his time there. The 16th pick was Vitek Vanacek, who was a goaltender, 25 years old, from the Washington Capitals, wore number 41. 17th pick, Tyler Pitlick, who is a center, 29 years old, air, uh, from the Arizona Coyotes and wearing number 17. Pitlick would be traded the next day, uh, Thursday, the July 22nd, for a 2022 fourth-round pick from the Calgary Flames. So Mr. Pitlick was the first trade for the Kraken there, uh, and we appreciate his brief time as uh, a member of the Kraken. Uh, 18th pick was Jonathan John Quenville, he's a center who's 25 years old from the Chicago Blackhawks and wore number 47. 19th pick was Junis Donskoy, a uh, right wing who's 29 years old from the Colorado Avalanche, wearing number 25. 20th, 20th pick was Jamie Alexiak, a defenseman who's 28 years old from the Dallas Stars, wearing number two. Uh, the team signed Alexiak to a five-year $4.6 million AAV deal. 21st pick was Carson Soucy a defenseman who's 26 years old from the Minnesota Wild, wearing number 21. 22nd pick, Cale Jarnkruk, a center who's 29 years old. Nashville Predators were number 19. 23rd pick was Vince Dunn, who's a 24-year-old defenseman from the St. Louis Blues, wearing number 29. 24th pick was Mason Appleton, who is a center, 25 years old, from the Winnipeg Jets, wearing number 22. And remember I said Flurry. (laughs) Twenty fifth pick was Hayden Flurry, brother um, of Kale, uh, who's a defenseman who's twenty five years old from the Anaheim Ducks wearing number fifty one. The twenty sixth pick was Mark Giordano, a defenseman who's thirty seven years old from the Calgary Flames wearing number five. Twenty seventh pick was Adam Larson, a defenseman who's twenty eight years old from the Edmonton Oilers who wore number six. He signed a four year four million dollar AAV deal AAV deal on July twenty fourth. Twenty eighth pick was Curtis McDermott, a defenseman who is 27 years old from the Los Angeles Kings wearing number 56. Uh, the 29th pick was Alexander True, a center, 24 years old from the San Jose Sharks, who wore number 70, who did play for the, I believe it was the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, which is pretty interesting to you know see that sort of come full circle uh, for Mr. True there. Uh, and then the 30th and final pick of the expansion draft was Cole Lind, a, excuse me a right wing uh who's 22 years old uh from the vancouver canucks and wore number 78 excuse me um garlic fries man making me burp um so if you'll notice the pattern there uh, a lot of younger players it seems that the kraken are really looking to um Oh, sorry, uh, looking to build the franchise, not you know necessarily gun it with veterans all the way through. Uh, really seeming to, like I said, build a franchise and build a young squad that will look to compete probably for years to come in the future. Uh, maybe not looking at the same sort of production that Vegas saw in their first year, uh, approaching and uh, not approaching, uh, featuring in the Stanley Cup final. Um, and and also related news to the expansion draft, the Kraken. Extended qualifying offers today, well, yesterday in the 26th, to the following players, Carson Twarinsky, Cole Lind, Alexander True, Vince Dunn, Will Borgen, Dennis Cholosky, and Kale Fleury. Um, that was a big event. Uh, I have to say the NHL did a great job of getting the picks in and out. It wasn't like the NFL draft where you had to wait maybe 15 minutes for one of the first-round picks. Um, also, NHL schedule announced. This is an 82-game schedule for the Kraken here. Um, we got to get into it. Um, so, uh, wait a second. I have to make sure I have this right here. Okay, so starting off the season, October twelfth in Las Vegas to play the Golden Knights. This is their Golden Knights. This is their first ever game as a franchise. Uh, regular season game that is. Uh, October 14th at the Nashville Predators, October 16th at the Columbus Blue Jackets, October 18th at the Philadelphia Flyers, October 19th at the New Jersey Devils. So there's a, a long road pause there uh, for five games to start the season. And then on October 23rd, the team comes back home for their home debut against the Vancouver Canucks, which only seems fitting uh, perhaps the start of a good rivalry there. October 26th, they will play at home again versus the Montreal Canadiens, the um, Runner up for the Stanley Cup, October 28th versus the Minnesota Wild at home, October 31st versus the New York Rangers at home. Then the team will go back on the road, starting on November 1st at the Edmonton Oilers, come back home on October, uh, November 4th to play the Buffalo Sabres. And then to go on a two game stretch against the Arizona Coyotes and Vegas Golden Knights on November 6th and 9th, respectively. Come back for a um, good home stretch here on November 11th versus the Anaheim Ducks. 13th versus Minnesota Wild, 17th versus Chicago Blackhawks, 19th versus Colorado Avalanche, November 21st versus Washington Capitals, November 24th versus Carolina Hurricanes. Then the team goes on the road for a four-game stretch starting November 26th at the Tampa Bay Lightning, playing the first game of the season for them against the defending champs, uh, November 27th at the Florida Panthers, November 29th at the Buffalo Sabres, December 1st at the Detroit Red Wings, coming back for a three-game, four-game stretch. Um, to start December off, uh, first with December 3rd versus the Edmonton Oilers, December 6th versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, December 9th versus the Winnipeg Jets, December 11th versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, two-game away stretch, December 14th and 15th versus the San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks, respectively, Um, a three-game home stretch, 18th, 19th, and 20th versus the Edmonton Oilers, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Arizona Coyotes, respectively, Um, December 23rd at Calgary Flames, December 27th at Vancouver Canucks, December 29th versus the Philadelphia Flyers, December 30th versus Calgary Flames, uh, January 1st, 2022 versus the Vancouver Canucks, uh, January 4th versus the New York Islanders, January 6th versus the Ottawa Senators, January 8th at the Winnipeg Jets, uh, January 10th at Colorado Avalanche. Uh, January 12th at Dallas Stars, January 13th at St. Louis Blues, January 15th versus Los Angeles Kings, January 17th versus Chicago Blackhawks, January 20th versus San Jose Sharks, January 21st versus St. Louis Blues, January 23rd versus Florida Panthers, January 25th versus the Nashville Predators, and then a four-game stretch of away games, January 27th at Pittsburgh Penguins, 29th at New York Islanders, 30th at New York Rangers, Uh, February 1st versus the Boston Bruins. And then there's a pause here. We get a a jump in between play. Um, This team doesn't play again until February 24th at home versus the Bruins. Um, February 27th, they go down to play the Sharks on the road. Um, January, February, March. March 2nd versus the Nashville Predators. March 5th at the Washington Capitals. March 6th at Carolina Hurricanes. March 8th at Toronto Maple Leafs. March 10th at Ottawa Senators, March 12th at Montreal Canadiens, not Canadians, March 16th versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, Uh, 19th versus Detroit Red Wings, and then a four-game away stretch, March 23rd, 25th, 26th, 28th versus the Coyotes, Ducks, Kings twice, respectively. March 30th versus the Vegas Golden Knights. April 1st versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, April 3rd versus the Dallas Stars, both of those games at home. Uh, So I got to remember my months here. April 6th at St. Louis Blues. April 7th at Chicago Blackhawks. April 9th versus Calgary Flames. April 12th at Calgary Flames. April 13th at Winnipeg Jets. April 16th versus New Jersey Devils. April 20th versus Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Three-game stretch on the road. Uh, April 22nd at Minnesota Wild. April 23rd at Dallas Stars. April 26th at Vancouver Canucks. And then a two-game home stretch to end the regular season out. Uh, on April 27th versus Los Angeles Kings and then shutting out the regular season at home on April 29th versus the San Jose Sharks. So a long season there, a good pause um, in February as we see. Um, And then we get to the actual NHL draft itself. Give me a water break here. Uh, So the NHL draft started with the Kraken, the first Kraken pick was in the first round. The second overall pick was Matthew Beniers, uh, who's a center. He made his Team USA debut in 2021, uh, had 10 goals and 14 assists in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, his game has drawn comparison to Jonathan Taos and Patrice Bergeron. Uh, pick was graded as an A by Bleacher Report. He's coming out of Michigan University, University of Michigan. The second-round pick, the 31st overall, was Riker Evans, a defenseman from the Regina Pats of the Western Hockey League, self-described as a give-and-go player. Uh, Third-round 67th overall pick was Ryan Winterton, uh, a center from the Hamilton Bulldogs of the Ontario Hockey League. Fourth-round 99th overall pick was Ville Batavanian, a defenseman from the JYP No, Javaskila. Just... uh, it's finish from Finland. Uh, fifth round, 131st overall, 131st overall pick was Jacob Melanson, a forward from the Akadi Bathurst Titan of the QMJHL. Uh, seventh round, 163rd overall pick was Samayan Vyazovoy, a goaltender from Ufa, Russia. And then seventh and last pick for the Kraken, 195th overall was Justin Janik, a forward from the USA U18 League. So, <coughs> goodness. A big week for the Kraken, um, getting the roster set to a degree. There more than likely will be trades um, leading up as we continue to get closer to October and that start date of October 12th. uh, We will more than likely see more trades uh, with this team, so it is highly unlikely that we know the exactly full roster. Um, But... It's, it was exciting. It was exciting to watch the uh, expansion draft and see all the people there that they had the event on uh, like the union. Um, and just to see some guys just be really excited about it. Um, so that's, that is something to, I, feel, I felt like that they needed to be um, prioritized in terms of um, the news this week. So speaking of news this week, uh, going back to the Mariners here, Um, man, 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 let's get into it. Um, oops, I knocked some stuff over. Not supposed to be doing that. Let's get into the game recap of the week. July 20th at the Colorado Rockies, the team would win in the first of a two game series, six to four player. of The game would be catcher Cal Raleigh with two hits, one run, two RBIs and one walk. He recorded his first career hit and his first career RBI in this game. Um, let me just make sure. I have this written down correctly. Okay, um, July twenty-first at the second game of that two-game stretch against the Rockies, the team will lose six to three. Uh, I split the player of the game here between first baseman Luis Torrens. That's right, first baseman Luis Torrens. Luis has been playing at first a little bit, uh, with one hit, one run, RBI. Uh, As also with uh, pitcher Darren McCagan, McCagan, uh, who pitched four innings, uh, zero hits, one earned run, and three walks. Uh, He's the seventh player in MLB history since 1901 to throw five-plus hitless innings in his MLB debut. Um, July 22nd versus the Oakland Athletics, the team would lose the first of a four-game stretch versus the Athletics uh, 4-1. Player of the game would be catcher Tom Murphy, one hit, one run, uh, one RBI, and one walk. He would record a solo home run, and that would be the mayor's offense in that game. Uh, July 23rd, things change there as the team beats the Athletics 4-3. Player of the game would be catcher Hal Raleigh, one hit, one run, two RBIs, his first career home run in this game. Uh, Scott Service gets his 400th win as a manager, and the team records its highest, uh, the stadium got its highest uh, attendance of the year that game with 30,000 plus, so that was really exciting. Uh, As I said earlier, the energy has been great um, for a good long time. So I mean a good long time, a good couple months here, and it's uh, I'm hoping that we continue to see that. I'm hoping that people continue to get out and come out um, and just have fun with us. I mean it's been it's been incredible, and you know if this past few weeks have been any indication, it's going to continue to be great. Uh, July 21st, 24th versus the Oakland Athletics, the team would win five to four. A uh, player of the game would be right fielder Mitch Haniger with three hits, three runs, and three RBIs. It's recorded two homers and a double in this game. Oh, I apologize. This was a season high attendance, uh, 30,843 in attendance this game. Um, July 25th versus the Oakland Athletics, the team would win four to three. Play of the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager with one hit, one run, two RBIs and a walk. And then finally we get to the July 26th, Monday game versus the Houston Astros, the division leading Houston Astros. Um, and to be quite honest, honest with you, I have not put in a player of the game yet, but I think it's got to be Dylan Moore. I have to give it to Dylan Moore here. Um, but I mean, you could look at a lot of these guys, um, and give it to them. Uh, the team would win 11 to eight. Let me get that out of the way first. Um, JP Crawford had one hit, uh, recorded two runs. I mean, three hits, he recorded three hits and two runs. Um, Kyle Seeger had, uh, his, uh, three RBI Homer, um, Recorded two runs and a walk. Um, Ty France had a hit and two runs. Kyle Raleigh had three RBIs on his RBI, uh, three RBI double. Um, Shed Long had two hits, a run, and an RBI. Uh, And then Dylan Moore, who came in actually as a pinch hitter for Jake Bowers and left his one hit, one run, four RBIs. It's got to be Dylan, and it has to be Dylan Moore for that game. Um, So... Yeah, that was, that was something special. Uh, <clears throat> goodness gracious. Um, so my player of the week um, for this week uh, is Ty France. Um, I don't think that uh, anything from this past game would really change it. I mean, Ty had a good game as well. Um, so I'm just going to update my stats here because these are from the other day. Uh, Ty France, if we go to... The last seven days for Ty for his player of the week. Uh, 23 at-bats. He had seven hits, three runs. Hmm? That doesn't look right. No, no, yeah, seven hits, three runs, two doubles, uh, three RBIs, nine total bases, um, one walk, two strikeouts, 304 average, a 360 on-base percentage, 391 slugging, 751 OPS, uh, Ty has been another guy now who uh, he was he was a great part of that trade um, for Austin Nola with the Padres, and there are a lot of pieces in that trade, uh, but we're focusing on Ty right now. He leads the team right now in batting average um, as well as on-base percentage. Um, and his war for this season, his war for the season is too. So, I mean, I can't complain with that at all. Um, so it's uh, it's been cool to see Ty become the player would continue to be the player that he was, I mean, even for the second half of last year. Um, and he's currently batting 346 with runners in sport, uh, scoring position this season. So we look towards the current record as it stands as of 1256 um, on July 27th. Uh, and the Mariners are now a whopping 55 and 46. There are six games out of first place in the West. But if we go to the wild card here again, as of 12:57 a.m. on July 27th the Mariners are one game back from the second wild card spot behind the Oakland A's um with an, a, a negative 49 run differential nonetheless um so yeah man man oh man they do sit third in the uh in the division still but that could change by the end of this homestand um but before i get into the uh, the uh after the homestand i have to get it through team news and injury news uh injury news july 20th evan white underwent says season ending surgery to repair uh labrum in his hip justin dunn threw off the mound in five days uh justin dunn was scheduled to throw off the mound in five days so that was july 25th uh justice sheffield resumed playing catch i don't know why a scheduled like this um because that's not how it did for the rest of the notes. Regardless, uh, July 20th, the team officially announced they have signed 15 other 20th draft picks from this year. We've shifted to team news, by the way. Uh, July 21st, Darren McKagan was added from AAA Tacoma. Dylan Thomas was optioned to Tacoma. And Wyatt Matheson was outrighted to Tacoma. July 22nd, uh, Donovan Walton was recalled from AAA Tacoma. Johan Ramirez was sent down to AAA. Sheffield uh, threw off a mound on Sunday. Uh, was supposed to schedule to throw off a out on Sunday. Chick Fraley feeling better will be in Southern California until the 26th. Casey Sadler uh, ready to turn, return to the team. Kyle Lewis to start hitting off of a tee and taking soft toss in the next few days. Um, Evan White had successful hip surgery. Joey Gerber had surgery for a back issue. Hector Santiago threw a sim game versus a high school team and pitched well. Uh, the team announced the signings of second and third round picks Edwin Arroyo Michael Morales I think both were just a little bit um, over the cap I mean over the slot Um, and basically I think that means just over what would normally be um, what would normally uh, be considered uh, for those guys uh, the draft picks Uh, July 23rd Casey Sadler was reinstated from the 60-day IL and in response to that move Rafael Montero was DFA'd uh, Hector Santiago is eligible to return join the team on Tuesday, July 27th. Shared to J- July 25th, Ryan Weber uh, was recalled from J- AAA Tacoma. Donovan Walton optioned to A Tacoma. Kyle Seeger had a quote on the trade deadline. Um, he said, at some point, it has to be about winning. Uh, and Really sort of pushed um, pushed the idea of adding pieces to get better. Um, And push for the playoffs when it was he was asked about the trade deadline. Excuse me. Uh, Justice Sheffield threw 15 pitches off of the mound, getting ready to throw a couple bullpens this week. He feels good about how he's progressing from oblique and form strains. Um, and then just stuff for today, uh, or from the 26th. uh, Mariners pitching prospect George Kirby um, hasn't pitched since July 20 uh, July 10th. Depoto. Said so that Kirby is dealing with some shoulder fatigue. There are no structural issues. Kirby is expected to be back in a week or two. So just uh, just a check in on George Kirby down there. Uh, Jake Fraley was with the team yesterday. He'll go through pregame. He went through pregame and he'll need a rehab sent with the Rainiers, likely heading to Tacoma today on the 27th. Uh, Hector Santiago threw a full bullpen yes, uh, on Sunday and will be back on the roster and in the bullpen tomorrow. Uh, oh, that's today. Sorry, I'm trying to remember that. Uh, just as Sheffield expected to throw a full bullpen on Wednesday. If it goes well, his next steps are then live batting practice and rehab outing. Uh, Justin Dunn is still a few days away from throwing off the mound. Kyle Lewis continues to do work in the cage, but has not done any running or work on the field. Trying to make sure there's nothing. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's a quote for you. Uh, Scott Service, post-game after the July 26th win, said that the mindset of the team was that they believe we're building something special. And again, it's that's been increasingly evident uh, as the season has gone on. Um, hmm. Scott said that there was a point early in the game where he wondered if they would have to throw a position player on the mound. Uh, McKagan gave them just enough innings to get through, and the Mariners got the come-from-behind win. So that was very nice. Um, mm, 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 trying to see if there's anything else uh, jp crawford had a quote he said hell yeah we're a different team this year we're competing with everybody and we're going into the game knowing that that's man oh so that is all the team knows for the man, team knows team news um there's some trade deadline rumors uh july 22nd a report came out The teams are intrigued by Kendall Graveman. Uh, Graveman stated that it would be discouraging if he was traded because of what this team is doing currently and trying to build. Uh, Friday, July 23rd, the Mariners reportedly pursued Adam Frazier and put a deal in for Frazier. Uh, But Frazier would be acquired by the San Diego Padres on July 25th. And then on July 25th, the Mariners were reported to make a push to move for Whit Merrifield before the July – I believe the deadline is the thirtieth. Yeah, July thirtieth trade deadline. So I mean, by the time the next episode comes around, we'll know whether what kind of moves this team made or if the two made any moves at all. And I'm hoping they at least make one. Um, I would love to see a starting another starting pitcher, um, but also wondering uh, if the team moves at second just because you've got guys. I mean, if the news about Frazier and Merrifield makes it increasingly obvious that this team more than likely is looking to add a second baseman, um, but it's, it's in, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Uh, other news, uh, sort of in terms of MLB and around the league, the MLB is testing an electronic pitch calling. New technology allows catchers to signal pitchers via wristband in hopes of speeding the game up, and it will start its trial run in Class A ball. So we get to. July 27th uh, for the upcoming field July 27th versus the Houston Astros in the second game of the series. Um, July 28th to round out the three game series at home versus the Astros and a day game. Um, July 30th, the team will start a long road trip uh, facing the Texas Rangers. They will go on to face the Rangers on the 31st and the 1st of August. And then August 2nd at the Tampa Bay Rays for the first of a series down there in Tampa Bay. So um really big uh really really big series for the Mariners. Um hopefully they can close out these last two astro games. Um this is your spot for Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I know that just I think it was yesterday on Sun, oh no, on Sunday, um Homs dropped their Olympic collection, which had some pretty cool stuff. So if you want, if you've been watching the Olympics or you want to, you know, rip Team USA or you want to rip Homs or maybe all of those things, then go check out Homs. It's Homs Seattle. Um, I know Bennett and Omari forgot it last week, but it is H-O-M-S Seattle dot com. So go check Homs out. Go check out race. Go check out the whole team and what they're doing there. July. Oh, I don't know why I'm saying that. We head over. To the ol rain here the OL rain had a big match versus the orlando pride on july 24th and they would win that match in orlando two to nothing uh behind a just fishlock goal in the 10th minute that was assisted by Ziara king Ziara king would come back and score the 51st minute goal uh, assisted by eugenie lasomer um and then in terms of player of the game we have to give it to uh, Ziara king with the one goal and assist with four shots and two of them being on goal um z had a big game big game and it was a good momentum swing for the club to get that win against orlando in orlando um with with so many people um with some of the players that were playing even had you know questionable designations for them as well as having so many players beyond uh international duty um so let's get into the injury news that i was speaking about Uh, the injury report for the match against orlando Allie Watt and Rosie White are still out with their respective injuries. Allie Watt with the knee and Rosie White dealing with a chronic illness. Uh, but Bethany Balser was questionable with a left ankle injury heading into this game. Sam Hyatt was questionable with an illness. And just Fishlock was questionable with the right hamstring. But obviously, if she had a goal, yeah, I mean, it worked out. Um, team News is uh, pretty related around the players that were on international duty. Uh Megan Rapinoe reflected on the US women's national team loss to Sweden. She said we got our asses kicked in a 3-0 loss. Uh says the team was a little nervous. Uh, the US women's national team's 44-game unbeaten streak was snapped. The USA was ranked number 1 in the world and Sweden was fit, so it's not like Sweden was a pushover. Um Angelina played 45 minutes in Brazil's draw with the Netherlands. Um And midfielder Quinn stated that they feel optimistic for change after becoming the first openly transgender person to compete at the Olympics. So big ups for Quinn. Uh, Quinny has been somebody that has been at the forefront of, um, I don't know if I say forefront. Quinn's been a great beacon. Um, How do I put this in words that are best to fully get the message out there? Um Quinn's been a great advocate um for transgenders, transgender, um, for transgender people, uh, trans youth, and just you know, the whole LGBTQ plus community. Um, and it's great to see that um similar to the WNBA, uh the WSL and more so the rain, I'd say, than WSL as a whole, um, have done a great job of just being inclusive um regardless of anything really. I mean, to an extent, you know, not anything, anything. Um, So big props to Quinny there and making history and uh, hoping that Quinn can help their team, Canada uh, to some success, maybe hopefully not against the U S but at the end of the day, uh, for the most part, I'm just rooting for our rain players. Uh, I'm in the Olympics. So uh, after that win against Orlando, the team now, Sports a whopping record of if we go back. Oh boy, I lost it. I lost it. Where'd it go? Sorry. Um at a 4-1-6 record, a four wins, one draw, and six loss record with 13 points. Um they're eighth in the tie in the table. Um, but they're uh within three points of f- sixth place, which is kind of funny. NWSL is a really curious league. Um just then there's KC at the bottom with four points, regardless. Um, no real league news to report. Uh, looking ahead, their next match is uh, July 31st at home versus racing Louis FC. So if you got the time, um, and you have got the means of transportation to Tacoma and Cheney Stadium, come on down and see the rain play. Um you, you've got professional women's soccer right in your backyard here in uh in Tacoma. Um it's a great atmosphere. It's They've got their uh, their band back. They've been back for a couple of matches now. Um, and some these world-class women uh, kicking ass. So hopefully continuing that streak against Louisville. Louisville, uh, ninth in the table right now with a three-win, two, three two-drop, five-loss record uh, with 11 points. So crucial to get three points against Louisville here. Um, but, you know, obviously that has to be done first. So we head over now to our Seattle Sounders who had a couple matches here over the past week um July 22nd at Austin FC the team would win one to nothing um player of the game would have to be Raul Ruiz his one shot one goal one shot on target 70% pass percentage if you have not seen Raul's goal against Austin please look it up um and then Seattle played with five teenagers in their lineup. I have to feel like that's unprecedented. Um, that was pretty incredible. Um, and then in their second game of the week, July 25th versus Sporting Kansas City, the team would lose one to three. Um, just a tough match against the second team in the Western Conference, second highest ranked team in the Western Conference, just nipping at the heels of the Sounders. Um Oh. Sorry, I gotta keep hydrated. Um it was it was tough. Uh there was a shot that Raoul Raul had that hit off the side of the post that uh <clears throat> would have equalized the game and would have totally changed it on its head. But you know, that's not always how things go. Um player of the game would have to be Freddie Montero. He had one goal, five shots, three shots on target, and almost an incredible bicycle kick goal um that was saved. Uh, it was Montero's 50th regular season Sounders goal. So congrats to Freddie on that. Uh, Injury-related news, Abdullier, Abdullier, uh Sissoko came out of the SKC match with tendinitis. Uh, Brian Schmetcher said that it is not anything major. Uh, Team-related notes, Earl Roy Diaz won AT&T Goal of the Week as well as Player of the Week for Week 14 uh, in his performance against Austin. Uh, Alex Roldan returned from El Salvador and their national team as they fell 3-2 to to Qatar in the Gold Cup. And then Sunday, July 25th, for that uh, Sporting Kansas City match, the team added Tacoma Defiance players Abed Vargas and Alex Villanueva to short-term agreements for the match against Sporting KC. Roster availability was made... uh, Roster availability made the club eligible for extreme hardship, resulting in the short-term loans. Uh, Their team record now sits at, uh, I believe it's 9-5-2, nine wins five draws and two losses but i will make sure oh that's funny uh, the u.s women's national team faces australia in the group g finale right now as i'm recording this i might have to watch that um let me make sure yes five nine wins five draws two losses they are still at the top of the western conference with 32 points but they are one point behind new england in the uh supporter shield there. Um and Sporting Kansas City is only 2 points back. So, you really got to make up for that. Um ugh, yeah. Got to make up for that. Um they stand first in the Western Conference and second in the MLS with points. Uh looking ahead, their next match is July 21st versus the San Jose Earthquakes. Um So another big match, but hopefully, you know, at some point, we get a lot of these guys healthy. Alex Dan will be back. Roldan, pardon me. Um, And hopefully see some other guys uh, healthy Um, as we come over to our lovely four-time champ, Seattle Storm here. Um, Did not play any games, obviously, as they're in on uh, Olympic break. Uh, But there are some team notes. Uh, Sue Bird was selected as the flag bearer for the United States in the Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony. Uh, The team re-signed guard Keanu Williams to to a seven-day contract. Um, And that obviously takes place uh, once the team returns back um, from the Olympics. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the only thing to look ahead to for the storm right now is August 15th at the Chicago Sky. And that's still a good amount of weight. Um, so we head over now to our last piece of news um for the day. Uh, after going over quite a bit. Um it's just college-related news, and the only reason that it's being included is due to the fact that um oh, that it relates to the Pac-12. So um Big 12 schools looking to leave conference could impact college football. July 21st, and I mean not even just college football, college sports as a whole, July 21st, a report came out on Wednesday from the Houston Chronicle that both University of Texas and University of Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference, drawing the ire of the Texas A&M Athletic Director. Uh, July 22nd, on Thursday, the Big 12 held a meeting on the happenings and the rumors about Oklahoma and Texas. Officials expected Oklahoma and Texas to adhere to the conference bylaws and TV contracts amid the school's possible departures. Uh, July 23rd, on Friday, the PAC-12 commissioner said that in a conference, oh, no, he said that the conference is not currently looking to add schools, but that they would be foolish not to listen. This is coming in the wake of the fact that some of the other schools in the Big 12 uh, looked at uh, coming over to the PAC-12. Uh, July 24th. On Saturday, the Big 12 is expected. Um, they expect Texas and Oklahoma to leave. Uh, the two schools are expected to inform the Big 12 that they do not intend on extending their me- uh, existing media rights deals with the league uh, conference officials discuss new financial structure that would increase revenue for both schools, but it seems to be, you know, an er- uh, an effort that won't result in anything. Uh July 25th on Sunday, the Big 12 executive a Big 12 executive committee met with both school's presidents and amid rumors about the move to the SEC. So that is all rumors right now and talk for the time being. There is nothing in stone yet. Um whew, uh, that was a lot to go through. Um just kind of a lot of Numbers itself uh, with the Kraken expansion draft. Oh, no, I apologize. We are not done yet. Um, do, 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 do. I almost skipped over Seahawks news. There is some Seahawks news. Uh, KJ Wright said that there is a chance, and I'm not closing the door on Seattle, on an interview over the last week. Uh, Jamal Adams, Adams, Jamal Adams was offered a record deal Seahawks offered to make Jamal Adams the highest paid safety in the NFL last week. Uh, For reference, Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos is currently the highest paid safety in the NFL, and his deal averages out to about $15.25 million a season. Expect to see Adams' deal around $15 million and $25 million a year. Um, That's probably about what's going to happen. And then I read a report that Jamal Adams is expected to report to training camp um, and it's expected that there's, you know, there's no bad blood between both sides. It's just more than likely uh, Seattle will retain Adams for years and Adams will just become a very, very rich man. Um, League news, former Seahawks, Michael Kendricks, linebacker, uh, was finally sentenced for insider trading. If you have been listening to the show or you've been keeping up with the Seahawks in the past two seasons, you know that Michael Kendricks, Former CX linebacker was busted for insider trading. Uh, the free agent linebacker will receive one day in jail, three years of probation, and 300 hours of community service for his insider trading crime. Uh, so Michael Kendricks finally got he finally got a, his sentence. Uh, and then coronavirus updates around the league. I was hoping that I wouldn't ever have to say that um, for any of these the sports that we've got, but more importantly um the Seahawks in the NFL uh the NFL could possibly have forfeits this upcoming season the league is saying that if a team has a COVID-19 outbreak amongst unvaccinated players and the game that they are scheduled to play cannot be rescheduled then that team will be forced to forfeit and the loss of game checks for those players is also part of that deal um which could spark some con- controversy amongst players um but, you know, at this point, again, it's not about, you know, it, it's with some players they've said, oh, well, I need to see more research. It's like you guys, you guys get some incredible uh, research um, resources, whether it's all the top scientists in the world or these doctors or these people that come in to speak with the teams. I, I don't know what sort of resources you're looking at for some crazy guy on Reddit to give you an uh, opinion that you like better than what doctors are telling you. It's ridiculous. Uh, like there's a Minnesota coach, Minnesota Vikings coach resigning over the vaccine Vikings offensive line coach, uh, left after he refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, and then finally the NFL announced COVID more COVID fines, the legal fine unvaccinated fine, unvaccinated players up to $14,600 when they violate COVID-19 protocols. Um, and in response to all these COVID rules, um, several players sort of ma- players sort of made remarks. as like Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley is a guy you really should pay attention to. Um, but more notably, uh, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins contemplated retiring after the league announced the multiple new COVID rules. Um, so pretty interesting that um, that was all that we got really over the course of the last week in terms of the nfl and the seahawks not too much going on i just know that training camp starts this our coming week um all around the league and for the seahawks obviously so that is what is coming up next for the seahawks Ooh, a lot to go through um emotional day emotional game uh that we're coming off of um, an exciting time in seattle sports really so um if you haven't please go check out the past interviews that we've done um my interview with morgan flores just came out this past friday uh morgan was great to speak with and an integral member of those UW softball teams and somebody that will have a long legacy with UW dub in the softball team um some great interview with the members of the rain great members of the storm uh some huskies i've got coming up so you know um it's exciting. The Mariners are on a tear. The Kraken have got a good amount of their roster figured out, I'm sure. The Seahawks have training camp this upcoming week. The Sounders continue to push on and be the top of the Western Conference. The storm at this current point are still the top of the league, but they uh some of their top players are in the Olympics. Um trying to think if there's anything else. Not really. So with that being said, uh, we will be back for you on Tuesday, August 3rd. We will see you. uh, We'll know about the Mariners trade deadline. We might know some more things about Kraken trades, have some more Sanders games, maybe some Seahawks training camp news. Uh, With that being said, I have been Charles Hamaker. I will see you folks all in the next episode, episode 91 of this Wrecking Seattle Sports Podcast. I hope all of you take care. Have a good rest of your day, good rest of your night. Um, Stay safe. See you out there uh, next time. Baba Bowie.